0: Good morning. Good morning, Father. In December, I had the privilege of um, going to a football game, my first pro football game, which is against the amazing Green Bay Packers versus the lesser Bears. (laughs) (laughs) But I I really—it was my first first pro football game—and I was really amazed. It's kind of a fascinating experience um, to be there. But I noticed that people around us would comment on the game as if they were like commentators or coaches. They'd be like, ah, I told him if he would have done this, he should have called timeout. And I'm like, what, who are you? Like, do you, do you have that authority? You like talking to him on the phone? But I, I, I noticed that, that we tend to do that as humans. We, we give our, our advice, um, even to the t- television if we're watching it at home. Uh, and I've noticed that too, this week, Um, with everything happening with Russia and Ukraine, even in my own speech, like having conversations, like, well, we should have done this thing a long time ago. I'm like, why Why do I do that? Why do I give my unhelpful advice to people who, frankly, are also, they can't do anything about it? Why do I do it? And as I was sitting with it, I was realizing it's because I feel helpless. Yeah, I feel kind of hopeless. Like, I'm sitting here in America watching this thing on television unfold, and I'm sitting there on the first day, and I'm just like, this is horrible. And the only thing that I can do is give my non-helpful advice to other people who are unable to help the situation. And at least in some way, it like, makes me feel better. This is where gossip comes in, too. Yeah, where we start talking about other people, and we're like, well, they should have done this, or they think this, and, and that's not right. And we're just giving our unhelpful advice to people who can't change the situation either. And I found myself this week feeling feeling very helpless and hopeless. Thinking like, I can't I can't do anything while I watch this on television. And and I was sitting there with another another brother, two other brother priests, and, and as we were sitting there, we um, we just like, why don't we just why don't we just pray for them? Like, how how do you pray for that whole situation? What are we even praying for? There's a lot to pray for. And so not only did I feel helpless and hopeless, I felt overwhelmed. How do I deal with a situation that is thousands of miles away and I am sitting here in America on a comfortable couch watching this thing ha- happen? Well, I can pray, well, what do I pray for? Well, the first things that come to my mind. Right, so, so the first thing was, was the protection, protection of Ukraine or the people of Ukraine, the, the soldiers, I guess on both sides you want protection. But then I, I found that we. We as people, especially as Christians, the tendency I think in, in moments like this is either to just say, one, it doesn't really affect me, it's on television and that bothers me, but it doesn't really affect me, so I'm not going to like involve myself in it. Two, I can get very angry because I feel helpless and hopeless, so I get angry and I get frustrated and so I start saying stuff that maybe to the people around me because that anger starts to overflow. Uh, or... I can, I can, again, I can just kind of like spout out things that that don't make any sense and aren't helpful to the situation. But in all of those, we are finding ourselves in a place of the world and not in the place of heaven. Because you are Christians, I am a Christian, specifically Catholic. But that means that the second reading today has some sort of say in our life. What does the second reading say? Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your, or death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Death is swallowed up in, in victory. Well, what is the victory then? Because we don't know the end result of what happens here. We can speculate. And every time you turn, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't often promote the news, but I, what I would like to say is if you turn it on for 10 minutes, you can get a good gist of what's being said. After the 10 minutes, they're just repeating themselves. They don't have any new information. They're just repeating themselves. And so there's a part of us that says, I have to watch the news, so I have to scroll through my, my feed, so I, know so I stay up to date. Stay up to date once every six hours. Turn it on. Oh, that's what Putin said. Okay, turn it off. That's it. Because there's no new information being given. They're just speculating. And what does speculation lead to? More anxiety. Because if I speculate too far, I can see whatever I want to see. And frankly, that's scary. (laughs) Because I can see a lot. I can see great destruction. But why is it so easy for me to see great destruction rather than great hope? I'm a Christian. My name belongs to Christ. Why is it easier for me to see great destruction rather than great life? Because I believe the world more than I believe Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. That's the only reason that I believe, that's why it's easier for my mind to go to destruction than to conversion. Why do I not believe that God could convert Putin? Well, he's a maniac, Father. Maybe he is. But I bet we would have said the same thing about Saul in the Old Testament if we were Christians. He's a maniac. And what happened? He became the greatest evangelical preacher in the entire world in the time of the ancient church, so that we have however many letters written by him and we call upon him for his intercession because he was converted, because Christ intervened. Well, that was nice then, Father, but it doesn't happen now. I beg to differ. And I also beg to differ that we can't, we also say, like, why don't we pray that, that they just stops the attack and just turns around? Well, that seems insane. It does seem insane. Or that God would intervene and stop somehow. It happened at the Battle of Lepanto in 1500. That wasn't the time of Christ. That was 1500 years later. And the Muslim army was coming into Italy, maybe 1600. And the Pope had a night of prayer and fasting so that the, that the, that the enemy would be thwarted. And the whole Muslim army coming upon the Christians to kill the Christians stopped and they they fled and they died because God intervened. Do we believe that God loves us enough that he wants to intervene even in our problems today? And it goes into your daily life. It goes into the smallest points of your life, into the biggest worldwide events. It's in every moment of our life, God says, I want to intervene. Do you believe that I want to intervene? Do you believe I have the power to intervene? And do you believe that I can intervene? Because I would say most Christians, Catholics specifically would say, I'm not sure if he does. I know that he can if he wanted to. And that's why we always throw that like, Lord, if it be your will, I'm gonna make this prayer. But if not, it's okay too. I don't wanna upset you. I don't wanna say the wrong prayer. How many of you as parents, when you have children, say, your child says, can I have a cookie? And you said, wrong question. Should have asked for broccoli. (laughs) What? They're allowed to ask for what they desire. It doesn't mean I'll get it, but I can't ask. Point number two is this. That was a long point number one. (laughs) Point number two is this. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? It means that God has the ability to give us life. But what does the life come from? It comes from the scriptures. The word of God is living and active. It pierces more surely than a two-edged sword. Between bone and marrow, between spirit and soul, the word of God is our defense. Amen? Amen. But here's the problem. We've never been taught how to use it, especially we Catholics who've been sitting in the pews for a long time, I was discouraged to even read the Bible. Right. Well, that's what Protestants did. They read the Bible. They know the Bible. Know how it's, we we make jokes about it too, and we kind of self-deprecate, and we say, "Ah, oh, well, I don't I don't know the Bible like Protestants." Like, well, thank God somebody knows the Bible. That they're doing, they they may know it to a the Bible verse. They're like, "I I can't quote you verse, but I can quote you the Bible." But we have to means we have to fill ourselves with it. So, so let's take, for example, what, what are multiple things we could pray for here in this situation? We could pray for the refugees. Now, God gave a grace in Scripture for healing and, and protection for refugees. Now, there was one way to pray is we can say, God, please protect the refugees. Beautiful prayer. Absolutely, let's pray with it. Second way is we can also use Scripture to ask God that what He did in the past, He would do at the moment. So you remember the moment where god sends gabriel to say to joseph i want you to pick up from bethlehem and go to egypt you guys remember that moment and they flee into egypt what is mary jesus and joseph they are refugees refugees. Refugees. and did did god protect them Yes. Yes. yeah specifically from the onslaught of herod a dictator and a ruler hmm all right so let's put two and two together people So what's happening is we ask God, God, by the same grace that you won, for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph to be protected from Herod, so we ask that same grace for all of the refugees from Ukraine. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Simple prayer. But what he did then, he does now. Now there's a second grace for refugees, I think. Do you remember that when Joseph went into Egypt in the Old Testament, he then his brothers came and they bowed down and worshiped them. That whole scenario, which is a very fun story. I encourage you to read it. But what happens at the end is they settle in that land and they start to multiply. And they start to be a blessing to the land. And so God wants to bless. Sometimes we think, well, well we can be wary of refugees because what if it's like infiltrated by other people? It doesn't matter because God wants to bless the land. So God, we just ask that all the people who are refugees become blessings to the places that they settle as the same thing you did with Joseph and his 11 brothers and Jacob and the, the country of Israel. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So now we're using scripture to not just lift up a prayer and say, God, please, you please do this somehow? I don't know how and I'm kind of anxious and so I'm just gonna keep asking. But God, I'm using your words, the word that you gave to us. I have nothing else to go on but I'm going to use your word in this moment, this scenario. Right? And we pray for, for the conversion of, of, of people who murder other people. So, Lord, as you brought conversion to Saul, which seemed an impossible task to the Christians that he was murdering and, and putting into prison, so we now ask the same conversion for Vladimir Putin. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Some of us didn't really want that. And that's okay, that we don't want that, but we have to be willing to surrender that notion because that's an earthly mentality that says, I don't I just want to I don't see him burn. I want to see him, I want to see whatever. But the earthly mentality says, I don't want his conversion. I want his death. Or I want him to stop. The heavenly, the Christian mentality, some of you are very uncomfortable, I think, with what I'm saying. And that's okay. You're allowed to be uncomfortable. But the Christian heavenly mentality says i desire his conversion because if conversion can happen for him it can happen for me and if conversion can happen for me it can happen for him yeah conversion has to happen first in me right so that's what that's what saint paul also is talking about and that's what jesus is saying in the scriptures he says why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eyes and yet not take the log out of your own well that's because I look at what's happening in the world it's easy for me i can say i I know how to fix that situation well if i was the president i would do this differently but you're not the president but you do have a wooden beam in your own eye and that's usually unforgiveness hardness of heart or fear fear here's another way to pray another way to pray is to put ourselves in the position of somebody else and ask forgiveness on their behalf when you were baptized you were baptized priest prophet and king this is what priests do a priest stands at the altar and we say lord i ask forgiveness on behalf of the people and i ask that your blessing from heaven would be bestowed upon them so as a priest i stand on behalf of the people asking forgiveness and on behalf of god blessing the people as a, medi- as a mediator as a bridge but you're pr- in your baptism you did the same you are the same not in the same ordained ministerial but in your baptized priesthood so what does that mean well, I can stand and I can say, all right, let's put myself in the place of, of Putin. He's a dictator and a ruler. Well, I don't want to do that, Father, because that seems, he, he's an evil man. Maybe. He's, he's created in God's image and likeness, so at some point, there's some base level that he's, he's good, and I want I that goodness to grow. So I put myself and I say, why, why might he be doing that? Fear? Need for control? Well, why would he need control? Because he lives in fear. Well, I've lived in fear before, and there's been other times I haven't wanted to back down from a fight. Whether it be with my, with my spouse, whether it be with my kids, whether it be with my, my, my own parents. I don't want to back down. I'm right. So, Lord, I ask forgiveness for the times in my life that I haven't wanted to back down from a fight because of my own pride. And I ask the same forgiveness to be granted to Putin, to all the people in this room, who haven't wanted to back down from a fight out of pride. And Mary, the gift of humility you won for us, that all victory comes through you when you crush the head of the serpent. So now we ask for that grace to be given, not only to to Russia, to Putin, to Ukraine, and to us, but to every person in this world, that we would live in the spirit of Mary's humility. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, when we pray specifically, God wants to give specific graces. And all of those graces come from Scripture. They have the power to activate within us the Spirit of God. The Word of God is living and active. It pierces more surely than a two-edged sword. And it has the ability to change your heart. It has the ability to change the hearts of those around you. Not to be used as a bludgeon, but to be used as a sharp two-edged sword that can bring healing. A knife has the ability to, to kill, but it also has the ability to heal. For if I've been wounded by, by some sort of a thing, it needs to, the knife is used, the scaffold goes in to, to extrapolate whatever it was that went in. So Jesus wants to bring healing. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring peace. In fact, the, the opening prayer, I'll close with this. Can we listen to the opening prayer today, how powerful and how providential. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule. And our ears may hear that and when they may say, well, that's impossible. It's not impossible because my God is greater than any dictator. My God is greater than any ruler. My God is greater than any president or king because he's the king of kings and the lords of lords. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that your church may rejoice untroubled in her devotion. Jesus said, no disciple is greater than his teacher, but every disciple will be like his teacher. And I have a God specifically Jesus, who in the midst of chaos of Herod's slaughter of innocent children, he was protected. I have a God who in the midst of a storm, Jesus rested his head upon a pillow in the midst of chaos. I have a God who walks into the room of my fear and says, peace be with you. And he breathes on me his Holy Spirit and fear is cast aside. That is who I worship. That is who you proclaim to worship. We don't do it perfectly all the time, but it is possible to live like that. That my life as a disciple of Jesus is lived like Jesus, in freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear, in freedom from the powers of this world, because my God is more powerful. Amen? Amen. Amen.